Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick, here for the Know Your Foe episode this week, and I'm joined by a great guest, Lori Fitzpatrick. Thanks for joining us. You're from SI.com, Jaguars Brawl podcast. Very much appreciate having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me and considering me. Um, I I really appreciate it, guys. Uh, Listen to a couple episodes on YouTube. I I know the two guys that were on your last uh, couple episodes, and they're great friends of mine. So I'm really excited to just kind of dive in and for you guys to get to know the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
That's exactly what we want, too. We're blessed with some great guests on this show. But let's jump right into it. So obviously the Jaguars, a little bit of troubling season. And when we do this, we kind of want to look forward to next year uh, as much as we can with what's going on. But take us kind of through what are the biggest turning points in this Jaguars season, particularly after a really great start with that week one win against the Colts. Yeah, it was it was really unfortunate um, you know, that that the last five or six weeks have just been dreadful in terms of injuries. Um, just you don't know who's gonna play week to week. The cornerback situation is is dreadful. The kickers, I think, maybe in one season we have the most um, <laughs> like amount of different kickers from week to week. Um, we have a QB rotation. It's like, it's honestly, it's a, it's quite a show. Um, but it's, it's very interesting to see the depth week to week. So that's been kind of fun to be honest. One of the things, obviously, talking with a team like the Jaguars that I want to talk about, hit on specifically, is the development and the surprises. So we can start with the draft. The Jaguars had 12 players drafted, two in round one with, with Henderson, and I always mispronounce his name, but Chasson. Uh, yeah, Chase on. He's going by that now. <laughs> oh, right. really? He went by in college. <laughs> it was a little French. Uh, there, I, I've I've had been out there and seen different things, but Chase on it is. Uh, all right, uh, he was a guy a lot of Ravens uh, draft gurus wanted to take a look at. Uh, how has his rookie year been? Uh, slow, but in the last couple weeks, he's he's really well. I wouldn't say the last couple of weeks, but last week he played really well in terms of the moves that he's putting on the offensive line. He didn't really switch it up in the beginning of the season, but now he's really starting to form his own. So it took a little bit of time, but I see a really good upside with him. All right. Terrific. Uh, what's his go-to move? Uh, well, right now, well, I would say it's more of the swim, like the chop. Um, and swim it hasn't been that effective but he's able to get depth if the quarterback kind of stays in the pocket so if you give him a little bit of time you know that he's just been able to kind of like I would say bend his body and try the the chop and like try to like bend over the edge Um, that was really his go-to move for the entire season last week though he he kind of took us by surprise and threw a couple spin moves in there that mm-hmm. were effective and he got to the quarterback. So really it was just in the last week that he's switched it up a little bit and he's starting to realize that he's a little bit faster than maybe he thought he was. Now, interesting player because uh, he's very similar in a way to Yannick Ngakwe. You've obviously seen both play. Ngakwe, very much a single-arm pass rusher who likes to line up wide nine on that right that defensive right end or defensive right outside linebacker, use one arm only to chop and move past. You know, the old saying for defensive players is one arm's longer than two to get to the outside. Is there some of that in Chase on as well? I No, I wouldn't really say so. I, I would say um, he he's trying to use more of his body. Yannick seems to rely on his strength, and he always gets there, but he's always... Like, not, like, he's always very, I'm talking about Yannick. He Mm -hmm. always gets there, but you always kind of need somebody else to kind of finish the play. Mm -hmm. And that's every single play. With Chase on, I feel like he's he's more likely to get there faster 
than Yannick is. Yannick is the guy to kind of like, you know, hold it down. If you have other players around him, then he's a great role player. But Chason, I feel like he's a little bit faster. Um, and so I guess maybe it's a little bit of a bias, but I see some upside to that. But Yannick at the gate was a, a was a, you know, he, he was a force. So they're definitely different players. They're not really the same. Like, I don't, I don't see them being that similar. And interesting differentiation. We definitely have seen what you're describing out of Yannick, that he's done more to move a quarterback up in the pocket. And I think that's important, by the way. I like fast pressures to, to, to develop that complementary component. But uh, he's also a guy the Ravens do not want on the field for a run snap. I don't know how, the, how you felt about that when he was in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, they were ranked 31, I think, the entire season that he was playing. They, um, they, they are much better against the run defense this year, 1,000%, than about, at all last year. Sorry to interrupt you there. How about the rest of the draft for the Jags? You got Henderson also drafted in the first round. Oh, uh, yeah, H- Henderson, um, he got hurt. So that was really unfortunate, but he played so well um, in the beginning of the season. So there's... There's a I see like an AJ Boye honestly with CJ CJ Henderson and I know that's you know he, he's really young but he's he's very center gravity type of guy he's not like like Ramsey who kind of relies on his you know his, his Gumby like arms and his like you know his closing speed CJ Henderson will just stick to you the entire time. You know, he, he's not going to, like, rely on, you know, that, like, the body type type of player. Um, but I think he's, a so, like, a very good, more better than solid player. He's, I think, of, I think he's, he's going to be a really, really good cornerback. Just please mark my words. Just give him a little bit of time. He, he has that injury right now, so next year he's going to come back. But um, I see him playing really well. And just, just look out for C.J. Henderson, I think. I think he's going to be a top cornerback. We'll keep an eye out for him for sure. The other player that a lot of Ravens fans wanted was LaVisca Chenault. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that next. Like, he's so awesome and fun to watch. He's so quick and he's tall. Like, you would think that guys that have his speed are a little bit on the shorter side. You know, they're going to stick to the slot. And if they're on the outside, it's going to be a curl route. No, he will take you deep. He's... He is, he's fast and he's big and he has really good at breaking tackles. So you want to make sure that, you know, you're not arm tackling LaVisca because he will make you, he'll pull you in his highlight reel. He's, he's exciting. AJ Brown, a lot of comparisons to AJ Brown for LaVisca uh, coming out of school. A year later, very similar body type, 6'1", 227, 6'1", 225-ish. Both of those guys are monsters after they have the ball in their hands. Yeah, no, I definitely, I would say get him, you know, while he's on the run. But honestly, he had, he has really good hands. So even if he's not on the run and he's 50-50, like it's a jump ball, or if he's got a corner that, like, if he's running a curl route and the corner is all over him, he has such good solid hands that he's getting swiped at and he's still catching the ball. He's able to tuck it. He's able to turn and he's able to make a move. And that's almost every single time he gets the ball, you know, if he's lucky to get the ball. But he's doing that quite often. So and and it's 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 I know I have I'm saying there's a lot of upside in my voice and I'm really, you know, excited 
but you look at at this record and it's it's not very good but i promise you most of the players that have like post game interviews they're saying they're not a 1 in 12 team it's they play better so it's like i'm not trying to sound too excited and trying to hype everybody up but at the same time these players that you're bringing up are really the the guys that are standing out on this team mm-hmm. That's, well, that's great. You should be a fan of your own team. Don't <laughs> apologize for that, of course. Uh, LaVisca's catch rate is what really impresses me. Not playing with the best quarterbacks that are in the National Football League. And, his, and his, his catch rate is almost 74%. And that's a, that's a you know, kind of a league-leading wide receiver catch rate. Has a lot of that been wide receiver screens or very close to the line of scrimmage? Or have they been using him uh, on a fair amount of deep routes that that's really a representation of someone who has a, just an outstanding catch radius? Yeah, I would say they are throwing. He's doing a lot of flat uh, flats. Uh, he's doing some wide receiver screens. Um, he's they're they're not using him like they were using Didi, and like they use. I wouldn't even say Keelan Cole because Didi was a like he's a faster player than Keelan. Um, so that they are they're they're trying to switch up how they use him. So in the beginning of the season, it was a lot of flat routes. It was a lot of wide receiver screens. You're still seeing that now, but now they're throwing deeper because they realize that he's an outside threat just as much as being in the slot. So now you're going to see him get the ball on the out. He's lining up on the outside a lot more to go deep. Uh, so it's really either one or the other. There's not really middle like passes to him. Like, you know, he's going deep in... You know, sometimes he's getting open. Um, well, I, I wouldn't say sometimes he's getting open. He's getting open, but sometimes the, the quarterback is finally seeing him <laughs> only when he's wide open. I'm sensing a little bit of, of disgust with the Jacksonville quarterbacks at this point. I, I want to move on to another topic here, and that is the long-run cap situation. Obviously, a very significant uh, situation for the Jaguars. They have the most cap in the National Football League next year, which is a great time to have a lot of cap space because no one else does. They have almost $75 million. Uh, the, the cap for the entire league is only $175 next year, and the, the aggregate dollars of cap are not that much. So there's going to be a lot of players signing cheap. Jacksonville may be a very attractive place to play next year for a, for a lot of players. There may be some players that Jacksonville can lock up early this year, so let's talk about them first in terms of third-year players in particular, but also fourth-year players who are the the uh, most prominent and important guys they would they would like to re-sign for for more years or that they would like to make sure they don't lose? Um, definitely, uh, Cam Robinson uh, is you know he he's one of he's one of the best players I would say, and it's it's more just about like consistency. Yeah, he he's out at times. But his consistency with like just being a of like where you can rely on him in terms of when uh, you're using him on the field. Not I don't mean game to game. I just mean in terms of his play. Uh, he you know he he seems he shows up you know every single week. He's not the only thing they they really are concerned about. Maybe some penalties. Um, but I would say the offensive linemen in general are the guys that they want to lock up. Um, so, like, Shatley, he, he's a really good depth uh, player. 
He's now playing center because Brandon Linder um, got hurt. Uh, so they want to lock him up too. Uh, Keelan Cole is a notable free agent, but at this point, I see a lot of the wide receivers just like him. Uh, so I don't know if they're really going to lock him up. They're probably going to let him go along with Chris Conley. Um, Wayne Smoot is, uh, is a guy, too, that, you know, I would, I would just say he's a, he's a good depth player. Um, he's not making huge plays, but he is a guy that, get, you know, week in and week out, he's there. You know, he, he's, he's, he's there. All right, another name that's come up in Ravens circles because the Ravens are always sort on wide receivers is DJ Chark after three years going to be a guy that they might uh, sign long-term. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, they're going to lock him up. Um, but, you know, they got rid of Calais Campbell. So, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I would I would assume they would lock up DJ. Um, honestly, it is really tough at this point without a GM. There's... Nothing that is for certain right now at this point, but DJ has been one of the best players over the last couple of years. Last thing before we go on to the offense and defense individually, I just wanted to address some of the comments about uh, Khan the last couple of days and how the Jacksonville Jaguars consider themselves a free agent franchise. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's... As a fan, it's just things that you don't want to see or you don't want to hear. Um, and it, it just seems like they want to tank at the end of every season when they aren't doing well. Um, and that really, you, you know, it's just, it's just disappointing. But it, it seems like what he says, that that's what's happening. So I don't know how to get rid of that without, you know, this brand new GM coming in. So unfortunately, it's just it's something that you don't want to hear, but it's true. Now, Lori, do you li actually live in the Jacksonville area such that you go to games, or are you elsewhere in the U.S.? No, I am in Philadelphia, actually. Well, uh, South Jersey, Philadelphia suburb. Okay, very good. So it, it probably burns somebody more. My producer actually lives in Jacksonville, and, and it, it, he's not a Jacksonville fan. He's a Ravens fan because he came from Maryland, but uh, it, it would burn me more to have to share a franchise with London than just about it. Well, I could think of worse things. A Canadian city might be worse, but uh, it would really burn me to share a, share a franchise with a foreign city. Yeah, and especially because the fans worked so hard to get this team mm -hmm. um, back in the 90s. So it's just something... It's terrible. And, and I, have this little, I have this little guy inside of me that's saying, two games, jump to four games, jump to six games. And it's just mm -hmm. like... You know, when are you, you going to draw that line? Is it, is it about money? And I, I, I just, it's something you don't want to see, but I'm hoping that's not the truth. But I'm, I'm thinking that they're going to split it in half. Half mm -hmm. the season there, half the season. It, it's, it would be a move that the NFL would probably like to see to get a European uh, unit started. But they, they can't really, I don't think, go to one European team without going to two or even four to really make it make sense at the same time. Oh, like two teams? Yeah, if if they if 
if they just have a team in London and teams are flying all over and, and logging up these ridiculous travel miles, and then you really need a buy anytime you go to London, but you also need a buy for the team to come from London to the United States, it just becomes harder. So I think it'd be more likely that if they had a whole division there, they'd mitigate some of that by having three of the road games be you know, in Madrid and Paris and Munich or whatever it would be. Yeah, I see that, but I don't see... I, I would see a... I would assume that it would be a slow transition, actually, and not one like that. Um, I would say the teams would spend probably a solid four weeks there because they they don't have they wouldn't be able to fly back and forth. But I think that's probably like one of the big problems: the taxes that they would have to pay. Because if you spend more than twenty one days there, the tax rate changes. Mm -hmm. So it's like a whole kind of big thing where they wouldn't be able to move like like week to week I, I would assume that it would be a longer like hey they're there for three weeks three or four weeks um and then maybe the next year they would think about maybe another team but i would say they would try out hmm. amount of time okay very interesting thoughts we'll break for a word from josh here All right, we're back with Laurie Fitzpatrick talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's move on to the defense now. And we always like to talk, uh, oh, sorry, the offense now. We always like to talk about the quarterback first. Gardner Minshew, certainly a fascinating character in these last two seasons. Uh, the Ravens remember him from the preseason of 2019 and a big hit that got laid on him. Uh, the Jaguars, uh, certain mania still around him existing? Uh, no, not as much. <laughs> Not as much. Honestly, after he hit that injury, uh, it seemed it seemed like it was it was kinda over there and Doug really held it back as well. Um he begged to play against Cleveland and Doug just said no. So I think if anything, Doug shut it down more than the fans wanted it to be shut down. So I, I think they were kinda begging for it, but um, you know, that they didn't give it to them. So I assume if he's being reinstalled at this point, he's probably in for the rest of the season, which is only three games. Okay. Does he have a future with the team? Or what do you see him being, being a backup next year to the new number one guy they draft with their first-round pick? Yeah, I would say so. But they, but I wouldn't like that, to be honest. Um, and it would be cool and all because it seems like, you know, he's a Florida guy. He's a Jacksonville type of guy. Um, but I don't see him long-term at all. Um, and maybe it's just his confidence right now that is transitioning to the bad play because guys are open. He was throwing it in the beginning of the season and even last year, but it's just, it's gone. It seems like his confidence is just gone. And those are the things where it either comes back within three or four games or it doesn't. Oh. And it hasn't, and, you know, he goes drive to drive very good. And then he just stays bad. What, what's the part of his game that really is good? Is it accuracy? Is there field vision? Does he process? Well, pick, pick something nice about him to say. I would, I would say when he gets on a rhythm and I guess that's kind of broad and that's very, you know, cliche, I guess he does well he does well and when he does bad he, he does bad um but 
She's having trouble. You can just say he's yeah, got a good no, mustache. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am having trouble, honestly, because it's, it. Oh, you know, from drive to drive, he's accurate, and then he's not. He's throwing behind guys. He's overthrowing guys. And then against, and then, you know, against the, a, a, a defense like Cincinnati where they're, you know, they're, they're up, I mean, they're not terrible, but. You know he he can he can play really well, so it's it's really hard to find that piece. But I would say again, zone he's not as good compared to man. Hmm. I would say man he 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 does better. He's not as good at making the reads against the zone defense. Okay, good point there. The Ravens have played a lot of zone recently. Just a very soft uh, kind of look. That's interesting. Uh, Take us to the offensive line. I know that's it's oftentimes there's a lot of turmoil on the Jacksonville offensive line, but just left to right, how these guys are playing. Uh, so Cam Robinson, uh, he's been doing he's been doing really well. Um, I I really I really like him honestly. Uh, Andrew Norwell, he he's the left guard. He's been having one of the best seasons uh, of his entire career. Honestly, he is the lead blocker for James Robinson. He's doing fabulous in the run game. Um, center, even though, uh, even though Linder uh, got hurt, um, even though Linder got hurt, Tyler Shatley has come in, uh, and he's done really well too. Um, moving on to right guard, <laughs> And I know I'm very, I'm being very, you know, optimistic, but keep in mind, over the last three years, this is the best the offensive line has played, mm-hmm. and that's a fact. They have, um, uh, honestly, the the right the right guard situation has been a little bit of a rotation between the left guards. So you have uh, Ben Barch. He's like that Gatorade Mayo drinking uh, uh, rookie that they signed. He's actually he he hasn't been too bad. He's looked a little lost at times, but um, he he hasn't done too bad. Um, and then <clears throat> and then you have uh, why his why AJ uh, Can? Oh, AJ Can. Um, actually, he hasn't. I haven't. Re- I guess when you don't hear about a player, that could be good too. I haven't really heard about him lately, honestly. Um, I I'd say they run it more to. To the left side, um, so AJ hasn't, you know, he hasn't done terrible. So honestly, he's been okay. Um, but uh, Juwan Taylor on all the way on the right tackle side, he's been pretty well too. So even though injuries have, you know, burdened them a little bit at the center position, the rotation has been great. They've been playing really well. I'm looking at the snap totals by player here, and it is impressive that they've kept their offensive line together for most of this year. So, for instance, John Taylor's played every single snap. Uh, that's nice to have. The Ravens have been in, obviously, having made a lot of change over the course of the year in terms of which players are on the field. All right. Well, the you've got through the offensive line. Let's talk about the individual wide receivers. Tell me what kind of what each of their games are. I know we kind of hit on Chenault earlier, but uh, all the others. Yeah. So um, DJ, he's been able to get open. Hasn't seen the ball very much. Uh, you can tell his body language week to week has declined. He, he see, <laughs> no, it's a great yeah, I'm comment. So, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so serious. It's very sad. Um, he's such a good player, but I think his frustrations are getting the best of him. Um, uh, <laughs> then you, yeah, you have uh, LaVisca. Um, he's, you know, obviously been, he, he's been great. Um, Keelan Cole, 
He he's done pretty well, um, but I I think he's replaceable. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't think that he's uh you know he he's not like playing out of his mind or anything. <clears throat> um, then um, any of these guys that I really don't know the roster all that well, but are any of these guys really big size guys or whatever that they're special physical specimens that just aren't coming around, or are some of these guys uh, Muppets and Smurfs who are just maybe too small for the position that are even overperforming or or not performing for that reason? No, yeah, I would say they're not performing because of the quarterback. So like you have Colin Johnson, um, he's a rookie. He is a, a big body type. I think he's 6'4", or like 6'3", or 6'4". Um, have these guys with really good body types. Chris Conley, he's a big guy. Um, and they're just not being utilized. And that's just, they're not getting the passes. They're getting open. I promise you they're getting open. The, you're going to see it on Sunday that you're going to be like, wow, our defense just got at Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. We're so lucky that that Minshew didn't throw the ball um, because there are a lot of plays where these guys are getting open. They're just not getting the ball. I would say it's it's a lot of both um, the wide receiver core and the offensive line are the two best positional um, teams on this team. Were you hopeful that they might have traded a wide receiver at midseason? There were a lot of teams, including the Ravens, that needed one. There was talk about getting a DJ Chark for the Ravens. Would you have been excited about a trade that brought a draft pick in exchange for him? No, absolutely okay. <laughs> not. They traded way too many good players. All right. They do have $75 million in cap next year. They, they should be buyers and they should really pick the bones of some of the other teams. It should be, I, I think, you know, if they get their quarterback, they could be pretty, pretty damn good next year. Uh, all right. Running backs and the use of a fullback. How often do they play out of 21 or 22 personnel? A lot. Actually, um, it's it literally it's either eleven or or twenty one. Okay. Uh, they're not really bringing in that many tight ends. Uh, Tyler, saying his name right. Eifert. Tyler Eifert. Eifert. Yep. Yeah, he he's been playing really well, and he plays the most probably. Um, but they they have a pretty good rotation where if they're passing the ball, uh, they're in. They're in the, the 21. Um, and if they're running, then they're bringing in, obviously, more tight ends. Um, they're, they're mostly mostly putting in more. Okay, I've watched just a handful of plays of Jacksonville film for this year, and I think one game that was that was on nationally. But the 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 tight they use a tight end as an H-back a fair amount, bringing, bringing a tight end in the fullback role? Yeah, yeah. When they'll line up in a two-back set, sometimes they'll, you know, they'll have – Literally, you'll have a, a tight end on on one side and of Minshew, then you'll have the running back on the other, uh, at the other. They're um, but honestly, it's a pretty good mix of the fullback and the tight end. I would say. Okay. All right. 
Fair amount. Fair, fair enough. Uh, any, is there any signature play the Jags use, like a, like a uh, jet sweep where you keep seeing or a, any specific concept they like to run to in the passing game to overlap routes or bunch or rub or any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, they'll, they'll run a couple um, rub routes to kind of like the little, um, the little screens in a way to kind of get open. They'll, they'll run the underneath rounds, routes like the slants. Um, and they're, they're really relying on timing at this point rather than the quarterback to make the read. A lot of underneath. You know, a lot of those uh, two wide receiver con kind of get open and, and throw that pick. Okay, that's definitely a, an area of weakness for the Ravens is anything relying, re- requiring zone coverage from the inside linebackers. They've been very weak there, uh, whether it's play action or just uh, shallow crosses or any kind of route combination that meets in the middle of the field usually ends up in an open man. Yeah, yeah that's where they like to run, actually. They like to throw over the middle rather than which is surprising. <laughs> that, does that drive you nuts, too? Because Lamar Jackson's good, but he, but he still almost never throws outside the numbers. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, at least Lamar Jackson, you know, he's got some feet on him, so. <laughs> I just wish that, you know, Minshew would rely on his skill set more, and I just, it, it, I'm sorry, it's a tough thing to see when you're one, when you have one win, and it's the first game of the season, you know, it's, it's pretty frustrating, so. <laughs> Been a tough year. All right, let's move on to the defense. Uh, one thing I always like to ask the guest at this point in the show is, what's the favorite pass and and run defense they like to say? So on a first and 10 play where a run is more likely, what's their most common package they'll use, assuming other neutral situations, not they lead by 21 or they're down by 21? Um, No, well, they, they're usually running it on first down, to be honest. That's where James Robinson gets a lot of his, uh, of his uh, yardage. And they're not... I would say 11. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I went to the other side of the ball here and I, okay, I, yeah, I, I, was I crossed say. you up. So, <laughs> so I, I, what I'm asking is when, when the Jags are on defense, what's their base look on a rundown? So it's first and 10. What, what do they generally like to present as a, as a defense on a rundown? Do they go with three down linemen and it's some sort of base package? Okay. Uh, four, three, whatever. Yeah. They're, they're, they're running, um, they're running a four, three and they're, they're only having one safety. It's, it's usually cover one. They're trying to stack the box. <laughs> so you're going to see a lot of um, a lot of guys kind of pressuring the quarterback. Uh, so you might see a couple big plays happen on the Ravens side, and that's generally how the games are going. They're, they're going back and forth a lot of points because the Jaguars seem to stack the box mm-hmm. more than, than not. I've noticed a lot of a lot of the fans on the board seem to be beating on Taven Bryan a lot. Yeah, because you would think that he would show out more, um, and now it's getting to the point where he's not even getting many snaps. Mm-hmm. It's it's just you're seeing rookies; they were making better, you know, more plays like Devon Hamilton from Ohio State, the rookie. He was. He was coming out firing all cylinders before he got injured. He was making a ton more plays than Tavin Bryan. Um, they seem to move him to the middle. He, he seemed to have a little bit more success. Um, but you're not seeing that early jump at the snap like he was 
doing in college. He doesn't seem to have that jump, that get up, like he thought he would. All right. Uh, take a step back again to pass defense. So I assume they show a four-man front on passing downs. Do they move to a dime defense a lot where they have an inside linebacker replaced by a safety? That, mm, no, I would say they uh, they stick with the nickel uh, where they just they'll just have that safety around they don't play too many linebackers that are that are hybrid um you know miles jack is like the quickest guy but otherwise they're lining up with with uh with the safeties and they're bringing them down so they're just having like one safety in the back and then they're kind of pulling the other safety up so it's it's more of like a nickel package than anything Okay, fair enough. And Miles Jack, I noticed, has played a lot of snaps, but it looks like Joe Schobert is calling the signals this year. Uh, yeah, he's he's much better at um at filling like the gap and kind of getting in the lane than Miles Jack was. It seems like Miles Jack is always going to the wrong hole. Like he's never he's always he's kind of like the Ngakwe, and I'm not putting Ngakwe down or anything, <laughs> but it it seems like. He's such a more of a team player and a contributor rather than the playmaker. Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk about the pass rush and uh, their scheme and personnel. Who are the situational pass rushers on the team? Yeah, I would say uh, Miles Jack. Uh, he's 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 throwing some you know blitzes in there, um, but honestly, it's it's a big rotation you know or a wide rotation i should say you know they they have guys like like gostas that are like that are going in there you know luke uh barku you know he's he's rushing sometimes they even throw some cornerback blitzes in there but right now it's the, the injuries are so they're, they're racking up it's like they're a different week they're running different defenses honestly sometimes they're not blitzing at all and then other times Todd Wash pulls his head out and he's blitzing non-stop so you know I, I think it's a take it week by week but you're not going to see many like blitzes you're going to see more containment this week rather than anything all right you've taken us through some of the defensive linemen already why don't you take us through the secondary and tell me a little bit about each of the players uh so Honestly, um, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a fan of this secondary at all. Um, Wingard hasn't played very well. He's he's letting up a lot of really big plays. Wingard is the the safety. Um, you have Josh uh, Josh Jones, who's coming back. Nobody is really standing out, to be honest. Um, but uh. He's not. He's not too bad. Uh, you have Chris Claybrooks. He's gonna be playing. You know this week. Honestly, these these guys are one big mystery. Ken, it's it. it there's there's a rotation. You, Josiah Scott. I'm not even sure who that is. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like Greg Mabin. Um. You know, it's just it's. A lot of guys are getting hurt, um, and you know they had a a, a pretty deep uh, cornerback, uh, you know, team. But it it seemed like they all 
you know, got hurt. Trey Herndon, C.J. Henderson, um, you know, just these guys are just, they're, they're not able to stay on the field. Well, the Ravens have been fortunate that Marlon Humphrey is still healthy, but the rest of their secondary is really banged up, and they're very, very shorthanded. So uh, it'll be an interesting two-way thing. Just, just December in the NFL, you tend to have a lot of injuries in the secondary. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, but uh, just to touch on one guy, um, Sidney Jones, he he kind of he he played. He didn't really do that well last week, um, or, or um, you know, in the last couple weeks. But um, he he's been a guy that has has stepped up randomly. So I just want to you know kind of shout out like think Sidney Jones actually. You know, he, he hasn't done too bad, and he may be you know, someone to watch if he's able to, to get out there on the field this week. Um, he had a he, he had an injury, I think, with his Achilles. Um, so I know that's obviously really tough. You're not, like, going to come back quickly uh, with something like that. But I know that, um, you know, he's he's wor- he's been working pretty hard. So I just want to kind of, you know, give a shout-out to Cindy Jones. Okay, guy who's in his fourth year, second-round draft pick originally with the Eagles back then. Uh, is he a guy, the Ravens, sorry, the Ravens, the, the Jaguars might sign long-term? Probably. I would say so. Um, he's just going to be another depth guy, um, but they desperately need some more corners in there. They A lot of teams tend to um, go after Trey Herndon, who has just hasn't really played that great. It's funny because you see P- uh, PFF, they'll kind of shout him out sometimes. Oh, the you know, really good, uh, you know, grade. But he's being targeted more than anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, so obviously, you know, you're going to have pretty good numbers when, you know, you're being targeted so much. Uh, but, you know, th- there's not really anybody that is, uh, that's doing too well. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little nervous. All right, fair enough. Uh, in terms of defending the Ravens, the, obviously the Ravens are a different animal to a lot of teams in terms of how they defend them, but Jackson, Brown, Andrews, the Ravens, speed. Is there anything Jacksonville's faced like that this year? And, and when they did face them, kind of what tricks do they have or what might they, what might they use to try and counteract that speed? Really just about the matchups. Okay, so Miles Jack, a, a very fast player, somebody who obviously, if he's if he's playing gaps well, or even even if he's in pursuit, might be a player to give Jackson trouble. Yeah, I would say uh, he's he's gonna force the he's gonna force him inside, uh, and uh, and you're gonna have a lot of in the trenches uh, plays, um, you know, this week. So so yeah, I, w- I would say uh, he he's definitely a guy to look out for. He's he's gonna be someone that uh, Lamar is gonna be running from. All right, all right. Well, fair enough. A lot of a lot of people wanted Miles Jack in the first round. I believe by the time the Ravens drafted in the second, the Jags had already gotten him. Uh, but you know, it's obviously a lot of competition always between teams for players. But it's just interesting that Jacksonville and Baltimore have seemed to have a lot of overlapping uh, euphoria about certain players in the draft. Yeah, and but I, to me. You know, I think Miles has he's been playing the wrong position his entire career until this year. Um, so I, I think, you know, this year he's actually been playing pretty well, but I, I was not a fan of him at all, especially in the middle linebacker position. Don't you think he's a little small? 
a little small, so you'd like his pursuit better. Of course, the Ravens with Patrick Queen are in a position not totally dissimilar in terms of having a little bit smallish guy that they play at Mike. Yeah, no, that's why they brought in Joe Schober. He's he's a much better mm-hmm. middle linebacker to kind of either he's calling the plays and he's able to get into the right lanes uh, to to stop that run. And you could tell the difference from last year's run defense compared to this year's. It's how good is Schobert? Obviously, came from the Browns before and was somebody that we faced every year. But how good has he been in terms of positioning the defense and being a real leader in that turn? Now that he's got the green dot. Well, they've been better, um, but you know, you see week to week that they're giving up big plays. There are times where in zone coverage he just looks lost. Um, you know, or not honestly, I wouldn't even say zone. It's it's uh it's really man when he's like when he's following the player he's not able to keep up with the quicker guy so they'll kind of pick on him and throw right behind him uh in a way so he's kind of opening up the defense to be exposed at times mm-hmm. um but he's making the run defense a whole lot better so it's it's really about them finding that balance but Joe Schobert has made this defense better um, it's just not, you know, great, obviously. No, I would say he's, he's doing, he's doing pretty well. All right. Terrific. Is there one player you think matches up against the Ravens particularly well? People are going to get tired of me saying this, but James Robinson, I, I think he, <laughs> I think, uh, he's going to do pretty well, even though I know the Ravens are, you know, they're, they're a run they they can stop the run. They can get their, their they have a good defense, but I think James Robinson has that one cut ability to be able to go actually between you know the the A and B gaps. So he's able to kind of find those seams. Um and I think he's gonna have a big game. So I think I think he's someone to kinda of watch out for this week. Uh t- to be honest, I know it's kind of a shock, but I th- I think he's gonna do pretty well this week. All right. All right. Well, fair enough, Lori. I did want to talk to you about, I know you have a football playing background too as well, right? Yes, yes, I do. I played uh, five years um, professional uh, tackle football. Do, do you want to talk about that? For, do you mind talking about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely. absolutely. What's, what was your position? I played uh, running back and, uh, and corner. So traditional Ironman football. At traditional Ironman football. Was it 11 on 11? Do they play a shorter? Yes, it was. It was 11 on 11. I played in two different, actually... Um, well, two two and a half different leagues. One of the leagues kind of shut down. I don't know if you know much about like uh, you know semi pro football. Sometimes it's a little hard to kind of keep things going. Mm-hmm. But um, you know I did play in a in the two main leagues, the IWFL uh, and the um, the WFA, uh, the Women's uh, Football Association. I played in you know the tier one uh, leagues. Those girls are no joke, man. Uh, but, uh, but it was fun. Um, I'll tell you, I learned a lot. Um, and, uh, I would say that I, I would rather be tackled than try to tackle someone. Hmm. I learned that for sure. It's, it, it hurts. Is it a tackle? Is it a, um, uh, heavy, heavy use of helmet league? Are, is the, is the, is there anything about the level of play that's heads up on a consistent basis or you just can't count on any of that? No, uh, I would say... I would say it's a, it's they like to rely on the run game more, and it's people aren't gonna like what I have to say honestly, but like 
women's football kind of compares a little like below like the high school level at times where it's a lot of like you know just in the trenches we're gonna run the ball um and we played a lot of like wing T on Matt on mm. my team. It was crazy the amount like the matchups that were different. We we had a really fast girls, so we were running like jet sweeps and stuff. And these teams were like, "What the hell is going on?" Excuse my language, but they 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 were used to running more than throwing. Um, and I think the team that I was on, and I don't mean to kind of like hype myself up or anything, or my team, but we threw the ball more than a lot of the teams in the league. So I, you know, I think it's kind of getting there in the level of play, and it's getting better in terms of passing, to be honest. But it was more of a hard nose, we're going to run the ball down your throat type of. It, it, this is this is all very interesting to me. But do do you have? Is there any uh, like one league that's really the future of women's professional football at this point? Uh, I, I wouldn't say, well, actually, no, I, I would say the, you know, the main, the main league would be the, the WFA. Okay. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's turned around from like 10 years ago. That's when I played, uh, the IWFL was the the main league. We had 50 teams. I traveled from, you know, we were playing in Jersey, so I we traveled all the way up to to Montreal, Canada. We played the Eastern Conference Championship in Montreal. Mm-hmm. We traveled all the way down to South Carolina. They're they're the Queens team. You know, Baltimore was a really good team. They're the Nighthawks, I believe. Mm-hmm. They were freaking scary. Um, you know, we we played against Pittsburgh. You know, we there's teams in Kansas. They have teams everywhere. Fifty plus in both leagues so i would say um i would say it's really you know it goes kind of both ways i I wouldn't really know as much now to be honest okay just because i'm more when you were playing it was it a with the feeder leagues were all from high school teams or from high school teams probably not really correct but at at girls playing at the high school level or is it just girls who like to play football growing up didn't have a way maybe to play in high school and then picked it up afterwards yeah the latter Okay, so what? What uh, most of the athletes were what in in high school? Uh, basketball players. Okay, is that what you mean? Yeah, that's that's kind of what I mean. Is what you know? Obviously, if if there's no women's football in high school, you have to get your your athletes from somewhere. And the the boom in soccer in the United States obviously has drawn the best athletes to that sport. I think. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um, I would say I would say it's more of a seasonal thing, and it's really just girls that love that their brothers play mm-hmm. and they just they really you know they're just trying to learn the game to be honest all right great it's, stuff it's, i i know one lady personally who played in a league here and she said they're just they play for the love of the game and she's a, a a smallish woman who's playing guard in a football league like this and i'm thinking wow this is really an effort physically for her to do this i'm sure and and uh yeah, it's it's it, i'm just impressed by it yeah, no, I actually played in the lingerie league as well. Um, that was the only I didn't. I only did the practice squad. I did not play in the games. <laughs> I did not feel that it was right um, to wear that uniform, honestly. Um, but uh, even the coach, I, I I had a I me and the coach kind of had it out a little bit. He he kind of said I needed to lose a little bit of weight to get on the field. Oh no! <laughs> I swear, it's awful. 
Yeah, no, um, I, I honestly, I didn't make the team at first because he said I was a little bit too big, but I, I wasn't. I was, you know, solid 150, you know, 140, and it, I, I get it, you know, I'm 5'5", five five, but at the same time, I'm a running back, and I was quick, too, so it was, it was like, it was like, is it the love of the game? You know, so that side of it, the like, the, that lingerie side, no wonder that happened to be honest, that they're no longer playing because it, it was really brutal. But they were the only ones getting money in. The oh, other, wow. The other leagues, they're not really making much money unless they're like a Pittsburgh passion type of team where they're huge, like where, where, they're, where their lineups have like, you know, 50 girls and, you know, they have a really big, uh, you know, more players means more fans because you have more families that go. Mm-hmm. So when they charge... You know, for ticket sales, that's the only money that they're really getting. So it's love of the game for effect. Like it's not like you 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 have to know the game and and just love it in in order to play because you want to freaking kill yourself every week because you're playing both sides of the ball and it's you know it's it's love. That's all it is. It's it's great to hear. It's a great story, Lori. We appreciate you sharing that with us. Let's tell people where they can find your work online. Yeah, no, um, SI.com, um, the Jaguar Report. I'm also um, at a, with the Jaguars Brawl on a podcast. Um, I'm trying to start up my own uh, YouTube page where we can do some film study, some film breakdown, um, and on, on Twitter as well. So, uh, yeah. To give people your Twitter handle because I know it's hard to find. If you look for Lori Fitz, you'll find it, but it's not your whole name. Yeah, no, the uh, the, the vowels in the end uh, are not there, so... Uh, Fitzpatrick, it's F-I-T-Z-E-T-R-C-K. So you take out the two vowels, A and the I. There you go. Okay, Lori, really appreciate you having you on the show. I want to send people over to filmstudybaltimore.com. Got all the regular content out there this week. So there's an offensive podcast, a defense podcast after that incredible win against the Browns. Uh, The Know Your Foe podcast you're listening to right now. We'll have a By the Numbers podcast tomorrow with my partner Dan Reese on that. Got the offensive line article that came out just today and the defense article, which of course is out every Monday. New gallery features are out there. Please give them a try. We have some very talented new guy. Did a bunch of Lamar Jackson graphs. Also be doing ample time and space, ball out quick, and pressure graphs that are based on my articles. A lot of people uh, have asked about this, and I think this is a great new way to represent that in a picture. Lori, thanks again for joining us. It's really interesting to hear your story especially. Thank you so much for having me. Hopefully I'll, uh, I'll be on again soon. All right. Appreciate it, Lori. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Another quick reminder about my bookie and using the promo code Ravens. For a sports book that's supposed to be in the business of making money, they're giving it away. So that's just one reason that this holiday season you want to hop on my bookie. You can make your deposit using the promo code Ravens and they'll match you halfway, giving you a head start with your bankroll. If you put in $200, they'll give you an extra $100 to play with. It's joining is simple, depositing is simple, and even more importantly, getting paid is simple as well. So head on over to MyBookie and use the code RAVENS to hop on the bandwagon.
Breaking up is hard to do, but when it comes to your wireless carrier, you should have left a while ago. You're over the big three carriers. You deserve better. Xfinity Mobile. Now you can get unlimited with 5G included for just $30 a month on the nation's fastest, most reliable network. So break free from the big three and save with Xfinity Mobile. Take the savings challenge at XfinityMobile.com slash MySavings to see how much you can save when you get Xfinity Mobile and Internet together. Reduced speeds at 20 gigabytes per line. Most reliable based on Root Metrics U.S. report. Results vary, not an endorsement. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture, and when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space, just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.